Oh, the things we talk about that I wish we could share with the audience that I really <laughs> don't wish we would ever share with the audience. Yeah, man, we've got I've got a career ahead of me that I can't I can't let people hear this shit. Yes, I have an image, <laughs> and it is not appropriate to share these things. Although I will say, you got like indignified and angry with me earlier when uh, I was like, "All right, man, you're like you ready?" I was like, "Let's get gay with it," and you were like, "Get gay with it." We stay gay with it. We're already gay. We love each <laughs> other, bro. Like, it's record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, now I'm ready to record. Let's go. <laughs> uh, now that we've got the air cleared, let's talk about this. <laughs> yes, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Let's bring it to surface. <laughs> but, you know, this is a Christmas episode. And we had a funny little text thread that I wanted to share last night about said Christmas episode. And we're trying to figure Boy. out what we're going to talk about. Boy. Oh boy. Oh, oh boy. I was like, what? Boy? <laughs> boy? Oh boy. Okay. This went from me texting you crying over this prison video to record tomorrow. Yeah. Gotta be early though. 9.30. Sheesh. Okay. What about the topic or what's the topic? It's Christmas week. So gratitude episode to wrap up the year. You asked as I was typing, or maybe that's the wrong intention. Whatever relates to Christmas says the Buddhist to the Jew. And I will be reading that exact thread on air. It was, says, it was whatever relates to Christmas, says the Buddhist to the Jew that really fucking got me. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, let's have a non-denominational winter episode. Psych, let's have a Christmas episode. So, I mean, technically we could talk about like crazy ass psychedelics with oh, like the Nordic cream. side of the world and... The whole Christmas side coming from that, but that's not my conversation. Like Shroom yeah, Shaman things. Santa? Yes, Shroom yeah, Shaman I almost Santa. read on that, actually, for a Christmas episode. I almost like did my research, but I was just like, listen, I've got too much other shit to do <laughs> to be reading about <laughs> Shroom Santa. Which sounds very entertaining. I would listen to that. If you wanted to read me a Christmas bedtime story about Shroom Santa, I would listen. So, mm. well, there we go. Looks like I've got myself a, a new project. Please and thank you. So we wanted to get into not some Christmas gratitude, but the idea of gifts. So was there anything on your heart when you were thinking about that? Thanks. Yeah. So I was just thinking about, you know, well, we have the idea of gifts for Christmas, but usually we think about them as like material gifts or uh, the gifts uh, that we give of experiences like travel, things like that. Right. But something usually that has some monetary value attached to it. And then I was thinking about the idea of the gifts were given as human beings, like the gifts that were given from the divine or the gifts that we're just inherently born with, you know, regardless of what you believe in. And I was thinking about how it is kind of our purpose or our responsibility to bring these gifts forward into the world in whatever way we can. I think a lot of people think of these gifts as something because we grew up in such a, in like capitalist society is that we think about these gifts need to be monetized. Like, well, how could that be a gift if I can't turn it into a job? And it's like, that's not the point, right? I mean, your gift could be something as simple as the way that you light up a room. Right. And so we're talking about today, you know, a reflection on what these gifts are for you and how you can bring them forward into your life and into the world. And before we do that, though, I now have a question about the superficial gift giving. What is Zach's process when he has to give someone a gift? Mm. Or what kind of gift giver are you? I'm a bad gift giver. I'll put it that way. But um, (laughs) I try and and be very thoughtful 
Um, I actually gave a buddy a gift yesterday, actually, because like I don't usually go all out for Christmas. I usually just like to spend time with people on Christmas. Right. Um, but I was like, you know, what? I really want to get this guy something because he's just a really good friend. And uh, was like, this dude, this dude's wardrobe is really outdated. So um, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Like he's been talking to a few girls. I want to get him something nice that he can wear on like dates because um, he doesn't have like any like nice clothing. He just kind of has right. like, you know, business casual at best type stuff. So I got him like this, you know, this nice little uh, dress shirt that he can wear with like dark jeans and some boots and like a dark belt and stuff like that. And I was, you know, look, I was like walking all over the place trying to find him like this nice shirt. And I was picking between a handful of them and was like, you know, he's got such big energy. His energy is so like forward and so like not aggressive in a mean way, but just like very like big, you know, just very, very big energy. And was like, I need to get him a shirt that has like softer colors that like softens the edges around his, his energy and all that shit. So that's the way that I'm like thinking when I'm giving people gifts, it's like, what can they use? And like, where in their life is there like a gap for something that I can fill? Bro, you sound like a great gift giver. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just don't do it very often. I don't like yeah. get people gifts very often. It makes it even more special. Mm. I mean, like for you, I just showed up. I was like, hey, ta-da, I'm your gift. And you I showed up and of- ripped off your tux, hopping out of a cake and did your Zachi dance. That's right. I was going to say hopping out of a cake, but then I was like, what if I just hopped out of like a giant beer? <laughs> what if you hopped out of a giant holla oh shit that would actually be really gangster <laughs> if you be, did that i would, I would die laughing and <laughs> i would be eating up some bread off of you <laughs> so i totally just forgot what we were going you were asking me about gifts. like uh the process of gift giving so i'm actually going to turn that question back on you what's it like for you when you give gifts i feel like you're a good gift giver i try to give coal coal perfect as much as i can good. give black hearted coal ebenezer scrooge but like the buddhist version bah. <laughs> i just give bags of rice <laughs> <laughs> i want to do that to somebody i might do that to you now <laughs> but it's like black it's like black rice with like squid ink in it which is actually all those things are pretty like legit like black rice is actually really good luck it's longevity squid ink is just pricey in general it's a good thing mm-hmm. so uh, you claimed your Chris Mahana Kwanzaa gift for me right there. Yeah, Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. <laughs> Chris Mahana uh, uh, ho, 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 the Chris Mahana Schwanzika. Yes, you have to give a little Zachy twist right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me in gift giving, I actually I am a good gifter. I will say that I am very considerate and put too much energy and effort into it than I should probably. Damn, but toot that horn. Toot that horn. I will toot my damn horn, and I hope you toot it for me too. Yeah, gift giving. I think about, I I go practical in a way too. I think about the things that the person enjoys, whatever they love, especially if it comes to like hobbies. And I think about what little things fit into that. So like my brother, he's an avid surfer, surfs every morning. I got him this big ass poncho, surf poncho. It's a thing. So basically it's like a big ass, super, super big hoodie that doubles as a towel. So you can like change into it and it keeps you warm when you're changing and getting in and out of your wetsuit and whatnot. Like the coolest thing. It just made me laugh when I saw it too, but it made me really happy. And that's my second criteria. 
wrap my head around the dimensions of that thing. Cause at first I was imagining him surfing, kind of looking like a green arrow with like a big fucking hood on. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, but then it's like a towel, but also like a hoodie. And then I imagine, you know, like when a girl puts on your, your, your boyfriend hoodie and it's like way too big on her for like no reason. It's kind of um, like that, but turned up even more. Yeah. So I imagine him, he's like surfing, but like the hoodie is longer than his shorts and he's got like the hood up and he's like surfing. And then it was made of towel material in my mind. And I was like, this is, I just wild. need to look at it on. This is too much. <laughs> Whatever I'm envisioning, I have a feeling is not what it is. Okay. But it is, it is Hig. It's like to your knees big. Have you ever heard of a K-way jacket? No. They're, they're jackets that fold into fanny packs, what? first of all. No. So I had, I had heard about this. I don't know if you've ever heard of Epic Mealtime, but it's like these like four Canadian dudes who just eat these like insanely dense meals. Yes, I remember. And uh, at the end, he would be like, next time we eat, blah, blah, blah. And one time he said, K-Way jackets. And he's like, the jackets that fold into fanny packs. I was like, that's a thing. Like fast forward five or six years, I'm in college. And uh, my buddy gets a K-Way jacket. And we were, he lived in like this duplex home outside of downtown. <clears throat> we're all getting like hammered drunk on his balcony. And he's like, he takes his jacket off and it's like that nylon kind of windbreaker material. So all you hear is like, shh, 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 shh. and he starts to roll it up to turn it into a fanny pack. And it's like, and my friend and I were just making fun of him for like how long it was taking to like roll the whole jacket up into a fucking fanny pack. Like it's actually not that cool, bro. Like relax. And it didn't, it wasn't like a fanny pack you could do anything with. Cause it like right. it folds up it's, and then it eats itself basically. So it's mm-hmm. just like, a really dense way to wrap your jacket around your waist. It's like you're, it was like the windbreakers in the nineties where like they had the big center pocket, almost like a hoodie pocket, mm-hmm. except a lot of them, you could fold them back up into that center pocket. And then it's just a windbreaker. That's like wrapped up as a little envelope. Now that's basically it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, nineties. I have nostalgia right now. Uh, I remember we went, we hung out uh, for your birthday the other, the other week. And I, oh, yeah. we were going for a walk and I was like, it was warm as hell out. And I was wearing a, like a denim jacket and I ended up taking the denim jacket off and wrapping it around my waist. And like, let me tell you, walking around in tight jeans with a denim jacket wrapped around your waist is like a very nineties look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're missing with some old kid mode, some light up keds or light up, keds whatever, light up shoes, I guess. Yeah. Shacks. <laughs> some light up shacks. <laughs> But yeah, man. So, well, into our formal conversation today, 10 tangents later in the oh, classic shit. meal yeah, Zach mode. Fucking 10 a.m. We've already been on here for like 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So we're talking about gifts. Heart, soul, humans. It's your boy, Zach. Wishing you a Merry, Quis- Merry Christ- Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Festivus for the rest of us, just wishing you all the winter solstice happiness. Coming to you right now with this very brief foray away from the podcast to let you guys know that I am opening up five spots for Christmas slash New Year's readings at a discounted rate. If you want to give somebody a gift, um, the gift of divine knowingness of themselves and of their spirit, or if you want to give yourself a gift, which I am all here for, treat yourself then feel free to reach out to me. My contact info is in the show notes. Reach out and ask about pricing and about timing. All right, guys. I love you so much. Talk to you soon. And 
unraveling them. You know, I'll, <laughs> more tangents. Oh my God, this is the way my mind's working right now. It's reading, I told you I've been reading Blue Truth by David Data. And, mm-hmm. right, beautiful book. His writing is always very sacredly, very poetic, very flowy. Um, and I'm about 20 pages in. And basically what I've come to it so far is a million different ways of writing, open your heart and feel it fully, feel the world fully. It's basically that over and over and over in every chapter in its own different way. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's great. Um, but that's what he speaks about as right your gift, as your purpose, what we're here to do. And that opens up in different ways because it guides you into what it is that you love, how it is you show up in the world, being fully present, being there through your heart and what matters most to you. And that kind of unfolds and takes you through what you're here and what you're meant to do. The interesting thing for me is reading it, I actually had a little bit of hesitation toward allowing my heart to be fully open and to feeling the entire world around me. And that comes to another theme that I had hit on yesterday for myself uh, in this big old deep dive that I'm doing on. And it's like, I don't want to fully open my heart because I don't want to have to carry or feel everyone else's shit that's around me. And so there's this part of me that's playing like defense and protective and like, I, I don't want this empathic overload, but I also mm-hmm. want to have my heart fully opened. So as I do that, I've right now carrying an intention of just not carrying everyone else's stuff and being able to just perceive it. But I think for me, it's a path of progressively expanding past that over and over and over until I can just fully open my my heart with no restrictions, with no bounds. You know, and I think that part of that gift or part of that process unfolds when you realize that nothing is ever your shit, right? When we claim anything is our shit, any emotion is ours, it stays. Um, rather than emotions as just energy that flows through the world, right? So when we experience some emotion, a lot of us who are empathic will be like, is this mine? Is this somebody else's? Like, blah, blah, blah. And if we think it's somebody else's, then we can very easily let it go. But in fact, when it's quote unquote ours as well, we could also very easily let it go. We just have to let go of the idea that it's ours. Otherwise, we're claiming it for ourselves. So the process becomes walking through the world, feeling all of it and letting it all pass through you entirely. So it's kind of like the way that I think about it is probably from a more masculine polarity, but I think of myself almost like a lightning rod Mm -hmm. and I'm like standing in the storm of the world and I empty myself out and all of the energy starts rushing into me and I just ground it into the earth or I like just let it completely pass through. Um, And you get to feel everything and claim nothing. And that's kind of what I think that process is like. Yeah. And that's where, you know, my logical mind steps in. Like there's, I think, a few things that are missing beyond this wider ideological presentation of it, of like what you said, right? Grounding it to the earth Mm -hmm. so you don't have to carry it. My own personal belief here, I've, I've been rapping on the word fullness a lot. And that's what I'm talking about in the men's group. For me... I think there's a precursor to that and it's filling up your own self first and your own energy and then expanding yourself out and just to, to that pure consciousness into feeling everything else around you. I, 
think that's a very important step or else, you know, if we talk about like the energetics, like you've kind of running on E, then a lot of that, whatever you're perceiving is going to be, I'll say magnified in the way that you feel it. Maybe not claimed if you carry that intention, but so then what does a place when you're a little bit more energetically full, you're able, I think there's a easier, there's more of an ability to just let it move through you. Does that make sense? Kind of. I want to understand what filling yourself up means to you. I think about it in the lens of like your container, right? We've, this is something you and I have talked about when it comes to spiritual expansion. Like you up level, your container runs on E and you're, you need to fill up that energy. It's that, but in a more practical way. I think of this, when I think of this, I think of this in terms of loving and honoring yourself. Like, I think that's the most pragmatic and probably highest level of being able to fill up your own energy and have that container running on full. That comes into, man, this can be a whole world of topic, but put this as simply as possible. It, it's doing what you need to in order to love yourself, in order for that heart center to be very full and thus your energy to be full. Mm -hmm. If you're in a place where you haven't been doing that, where you haven't, where you're running on E, where you're maybe just out in the world and you know focused outwardly on everything else, that energetic capacity isn't there. And so mm -hmm. that's when, like, especially people like you and I, like anyone listening to this, you're going to be feeling more and more of the sh shit around you and more inclined to be carrying it even subconsciously. And I think that's for me, if I'm looking at this on like my hesitancy to this, it's old fears surfacing, right? Like mm -hmm. the old like, empathic overload of the entire last year that's surfacing for me, where I was on E for so long and it was so miserable. So there's still some of that like hesitancy I hold, even though the work that I've been doing this year is filling myself in, filling up my energy and coming to life more and more and more. There's still that little shadow fear of the past of like, I don't want to allow this in and I don't want to take myself back there. Mm -hmm. I get that. I could hear yeah. how for you, that would be something that you're scared of. Cause I mean, right. I remember what you were going through. So from your experiences, I could see where that would be. Um, so yeah, something that would be a, a place of hesitancy, but my, you know, with my idea of it is that the process of filling yourself up is natural and spontaneous. Um, you will end up finding the things that fill you up regardless, right? They're the things that make you happy. They're the things that put you at ease. You know, for me, I go out to the gym, for example, and by the time I leave, I'm like emotionally distraught because there's just so many people there who are not taking care of their own shit. And they're just looking around at the whole room and trying to like fucking press their energy into people um, in a very like ego driven way. It makes me really sad when I leave. It takes me like 10 or 15 minutes to digest that. Right. So I think that part of this process, especially for us over like that last year when we were getting our asses kicked so frequently is that we didn't know how to, we didn't know how to digest energy. Mm -hmm. um, we, we were just learning how to open up and take it in. Um, because we had never done that before. And we were receiving so, so much. It was just overload. Receiving a yeah. lot, but we didn't know how to digest it. Right. I think part of the process is like learning how to digest extra energy. And then the process of filling yourself up kind of comes naturally. It comes from 
depends on who you are. You know, for me, it comes from solitude for you. It could come from like taking a bath, right. Or going out and running, doing some form of exercise. These things kind of spontaneously arise. What I was referring to more so is I say emptying, I say emptying yourself. And that's just like a very kind of uh, easy way to say it, because when you do it, you feel like this expanse of emptiness. But really, I think what I meant was identifying with the place inside of you that is consciousness that is not any of the contents that live inside of you, right? So the emotions okay. that you feel, the thoughts that you have, these are all things that, these are all permutations of energy that move and change and transform. And because of the nature of the fact that they move and change and transform, they're the feminine. They're that which is constantly in motion, constantly in flow identifying with the consciousness that like basically the field of consciousness that all of these forms of energy exist within um, allows those things to pass through more clearly. Right. It'd be like cleaning yeah. the pipes out, so to speak. Yeah. I see it going from like the physical into the energetic, right? Like for us, the mm -hmm. easiest way to talk about this on empath level is like going from the emotion into just pure energy. And you're basically like transcending the shit <laughs> and moving into the truth. Um, so you said transforming the shit and moving it into truth. And you were talking transcending about transcending, transcending yeah, the shit and moving yeah. it into truth. And then you had also talked about the idea of like the physical to the spiritual. Mm -hmm. So what did you mean by that? Mm. I guess emotions aren't quite the physical, but it's, it's more of our 3d human reality and moving beyond that into the energy of it. But where I remember where I was going to take this now was actually into the conversation of gifts. And I think that's exactly the way we do it from my experience and how I've learned to see it and how I've learned to work with people with my clients is like, it's going into those emotions, kind of letting them guide you backwards into your shit. And then a lot following that train of thought of, you know, your greatest gift is probably going to be your deepest pain and taking yourself through that process of being able to move from shadow into light from that emotion that physical emotion that density into the actual truth of it which is actually what blue truth is about it's about going into truth you have the flame is what he talks about is like the flame is the red around it and you move deeper into that into the truth which is the blue mm, yeah so i think kind of like moving backwards into your core until you find that which exists beyond really beyond time, that aspect of you that exists beyond, beyond influence. your mind, beyond ego, beyond conditioning, beyond perceived limitations and see what it is that your truth actually is. And that's, yeah. gift that's meant to shine. Yeah. Beyond influence, right. That aspect right. of you that is the shining core of what you are um, that manifests itself through all of those other things that you just mentioned, right? Like you have, I call it the soul. You can call it whatever the fuck you want. I don't really care. It's like this aspect <laughs> of you that is you, you know what I mean? And is that is these gifts and it will shine through you and it will shine through your emotions, your experiences, your traumas, your wounds, your intentions, and all these different things. But those are all, I see the ego as a filter for the soul, right? Uh, a, an analogy that I really loved from Paul's guides was the idea that your soul is like the candle or the light and you put it inside of a lantern or inside of like a jack-o'-lantern, for example, because that's probably an easier way to conceptualize it. 
And the jack-o'-lantern is your ego. And the carvings in the jack-o'-lantern are all of your conditioning. It's the society you grew up in. It's the traumas that you have been exposed to. It's the things that your family taught you. It's the economic structure that you were built in, or the fact that you grew up in a, in a world that even had an economic structure, right? All these different things, all these different ideas carved the pumpkin and shaped your ego and who you are. And through that, the light that is you shines and it projects some image on the wall. The problem is that we identify with the image that's on the wall kind of like Plato's allegory of the cave rather than the light that is creating that image. Right. And so I think what you and I are both talking about is getting back to that light. And you talked about a very poignant way of doing that, which is like moving backwards through your emotions. And uh, you know, it's funny that you say that because I, it's actually what I do in my coaching as well is depending on where a person is at along their curve, I, I help them feel themselves and find a deeper and more intuitive place of knowing about who and what they are from that place. I think that intention right there is probably one of the most powerful ones we have, but I want to wrap and explore different ways of doing that as well. Cause I think, right. Like we, there's different ways of doing that just depending on where you are in your life. Cause sometimes you're not in a place where you're supposed to be going back into that, or maybe you already have, and now it's time to progress forward. When you were talking about, I was thinking too, like, okay, so what could someone do in the present um, outside of going back into the past and looking into these things? I would say mm. as well, um, this is where we talk about like going into the heart. What is it that the heart actually wants to do now? And I think there's a importance of kind of separating from ego mind and going into heart truth and allowing that to speak and guide you. And I think that's where it's, it's difficult to do if you haven't quite done a lot of the past work, but asking yourself like, what, what does my heart want? What is my heart craving? beginning that process and stepping into that, that can be something minimal that you do with your day where it's like, okay, I'm just creating some space right now. So I'm going to do that. And eventually it starts to open up the space where you get into deeper, deeper truths. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I actually, I don't, I mean, I think that the past stuff can be necessary because it can help you understand where your behaviors come from, but it's not, nece it's not really necessary, right? Like I think that what you're talking about is more necessary, which is right. your, your emotions might have begun somewhere in the past, but they exist in the present. So I, frankly, I don't give a shit about the past, honestly, like I don't like if some, I I'll talk, I will talk to people about it. And I think that it is, if it's something that they're unable to, if you're unable to come to the present because of the past, it is right. something that we absolutely need to talk about. I'm, I'm here for it. Right. Like let's fucking get into it, you know? But ultimately if you have all, all you need is your body and the emotions that exist right now. And if you can feel those things right now, then you can do exactly what Neil was talking about, which is what does my heart want in this moment, right? Because right. I think that when you learn how to feel your emotions and you feel them in all these different uh, places in your body, that you can't really even access the depth of your heart until you've digested those stored emotional charges, right? So let's say you have- Residual ones from the day- Exactly. From yeah. the day or, you know, if you're just starting this process from your whole life, just kind of building up in the cells of your body, it's like, oh, fuck, why do I have this really deep pain in my right hip flexor? Um, I stretch it all the time. I, I, I work it out all the time. What's going on? You find that there's like some emotion stored in there. 
you kind of digest through all of that. It's like, oh, well, I have now I have this pain in my shoulder. You find out that that's actually like stored emotion. And so you get to this point where you're doing it on a daily basis and you're like, oh, like, why does my throat feel tight? Why does my stomach feel like it has a bunch of butterflies in it? You go through and you digest those emotions and you'll find that as you've digested through them, your heart naturally and spontaneously unflowers, right? And this is the way that I do it. And there are many ways to, to open your heart to the world. This is the way that I found that works for me and for my clients particularly. Um, so for you, is that what you do? What do you do to help people kind of open up and access and unflower their heart? I think that's the opening into it. Like that's, that's where I begin is present. Like, how are you feeling? Where are you feeling it? And teaching someone to go into that and explore it. And mm-hmm. it's there going into textures and the colors and just letting it be felt and expressed. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that the past is almost always necessary. <laughs> Some people may not be in there in their particular life, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, the same way you're speaking to it though, is like you go into that, and it's almost inevitably going to take you into the past at some point. Mm-hmm. And so, it, so if we talk about intention, right? Like maybe it's not the intention to go into the past is not necessary because it's going to happen. But I do believe as well as like, at I some think that's point, a great distinction. Yes. Yeah. I agree. That's, that's what I meant. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Gotcha. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the Buddhist of the Jew. <laughs> there you go. Um, but I do believe though, like at some point, because, you know, me and my, my word freedom, um, the past is always there. So at some point, there's a deep excavation that becomes necessary to get to that pure state. And that mm-hmm. may just be my own personal belief. I'm not going to speak to that as a, a truth, but it is something I believe in firmly. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's a, that's a really that's a, that's a poignant way to say it is like, that's your truth and all this kind of stuff. Because I don't, I mean, I, I've experienced that a lot with myself and with other people as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that anything, I don't think that there's one truth for anything really, yeah. right? So one thing that I've experienced with myself and with some of my clients is that uh, when you feel into an emotion and a technique that I'll teach oftentimes is after I've, I've taught a person how to feel their emotions and feel where the energy exists in their body and how to digest and all that stuff. One of the techniques I'll teach them is how to hop into the past from that emotion, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes uh, a memory will surface like a very a real memory that come up from they came up from their past, whether or not they remember it or whether or not they remembered it prior to that right. technique. Sometimes, however, what arises is merely symbolic. And it might be energy that was generated in a past moment, but the actual memory itself what's stored there is doesn't matter. That, yeah. Right. So it's yeah. like they might get a vision that is symbolic of the memory that generated that emotion, or they might even get just some symbolic allegorical um, vision that, that arises that, you know, for example, I guess like if uh, whatever, somebody has some relational trauma, they could either see that actual trauma through their memory, or they could um, have some kind of allegorical vision of, somebody being traumatized in a similar way or um, some kind of uh, fable of it's like whatever, kind of like a Fox and the Hound type of situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Or they could just see a bunch of moving fractal energy and they're feeling like little pops and, you know, jolts of energy moving through their body as they're witnessing this 
kind of vision unfold, but this vision makes no sense rationally. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think you're right. And that like, yeah, we're kind of going into the past in the sense that we're resolving some energy that took roots from the past, but maybe the actual process of digging into like, well, what was your childhood like? And like, you know, all this kind of Mm -hmm. stuff isn't always necessary in every moment. I think that it's inevitable at some point. Yeah. Right. I think, but it is inevitable at some point. You're right. Like you can't not remember the past unless you've gotten amnesia, but um, I think in any given moment, it's not always a necessary process. And I will say too, that I try for some people figure out what the fuck we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) This episode's gone great from the, where we were before we started recording to where we are right now. At least we're on track, you know, (laughs) But, you know, to say, like, for some people in their, you know, what's planned for them in this life, it is actually not necessary for them to go into the past. It, it, for some people, it may be a bit too much as well. Like um, goldfish. It's just not their thing. Like goldfish, five-second five second memory, right? Is it five-second? I don't know. Yeah, it's short, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to what you were saying, uh, I was thinking back to just when I do this with my clients and it's usually actually one or the other. It's someone who goes in and gets like a full memory and it's fully experienced and they're able to very verbalize and all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's the exact opposite. Like there's just some tension there and some restriction. Yeah. And that's, we kind of, it's really then really teasing them into exploring that and what that feels physically. And a lot of times nothing, no awareness or understanding that comes out, but we can, find ways of releasing that physical body tension, Mm -hmm. which is, I think just opening up that space so that whatever deeper experiences, awarenesses can come to surface if they need to. But I think that's, it's like the early, the, if you're like excavating a site, like it's, that's that outside layer and you start digging Mm -hmm. into it. Like, Oh, there's some rock here. Okay. We're going to go into the rock. And then, you know, there's deeper shit and deeper shit and deeper shit. All of a sudden we find a fucking really awesome T-Rex fossil. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think then is the difference in those two scenarios then? Or like, it could be two different people or it could be the same person in two different, with two different uh, storehouses of emotion or storehouses of memory. What do you think the differences in those two scenarios were like, one, you're actually experiencing and reliving the memory and getting some conscious awareness and some rational lesson out of it versus like a, a processing of a, of a stored emotion. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that exactly the way you did. Cause I was thinking about that. My, I was thinking about exactly that as well. And I was like, you know, like what I wanted to say is like, it, it's hierarchical. Like there's a kind of newer soul versus like an older soul and older soul and is ready for it. And like, that's not it. And like, that is fucking not it. And I don't want to say that. Um, Cause that's not true, but it's, where the person is in their ability to, not in their ability, but where they are in their readiness to heal that thing. And I think sometimes it just needs to be a bit more superficial, physical. Um, and sometimes someone is really ready. And, you know, this thing has been bubbling up, waiting to come out for like years and years. And finally, like the moment with, you know, has come up with like in their life to bring that up. And so it, you know, it comes in just full vision, full felt, fully expressed. And it's coming out and coming out and coming out. Whereas like others, others, like it's not quite ready. So we're just going to tease our way in and open up those doors a little bit. So this healing process can really begin. I think it's, I'll say it's a stage of readiness in my mind. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I think, I think there's multiple reasons that this could happen, right? Because I've experienced both, right? I've 
experienced uh, going back into these these emotions, rooting out the real memory that came from them, um, and seeing some pretty traumatic stuff that's kind right. of popped up. So on the one hand, you do need to be, it needs to be something in your mind that wasn't so traumatic that your brain has blocked it off, right? From mm-hmm. conscious memory of like, right. you know, hey, or your guides too being like, hey, if you see this again, it's not going to be helpful. You right. know what I mean? Like you just much. need to, you just need to work on the energy in your body. Like there's mm-hmm. no need for you to relive this, right? It was tough enough the first time. Right. So there's that where it's like, okay, that was just too much. Yeah. You know, d- seeing it again is not going to be helpful. Um. And then there are times when you might have already learned the rational lesson without having realized that you've learned it, right? You might have already gotten the insight that came from that, let's call it that life lesson, without having to have associated it with that particular memory. Um, It could be a lesson as simple as like, there's nothing wrong with expressing myself. And if somebody doesn't like it, then that's not a reflection of me. That's a reflection of them. It could be a lesson like that, right? Right. You might not have actually made the connection between the moment where you, where that lesson was seeded into you and the actual flowering of that lesson in your life, but it's happened, right? And so then when you process the stored energy or the stored traumatic aspect of the energy in your body, there's no need to see the memory again because you already have the lesson. So you process it through it. So those are some of the, some of the ways I think that that process happens. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that as well right and i think it's it's i mean to put it simply it's it's whatever is best suited for that whatever that thing is in that moment for the person Mm -hmm. sometimes right like sometimes you don't need to go into it and it'll be very just we're going to work on it on like physical sensation level sometimes it's been dealt with in a million other ways and you don't need to go into the core of it so it's just clearing out like the physical little last bits of it exactly what you're saying like yeah and I'm, I'm glad, I think I'm glad that we're moving in this direction because I can almost hear people asking like, well, how do I know like which one, right? And you don't, <laughs> you don't right? You like don't. That's, you that's trust whatever's coming like, up. Exactly. And that's, yeah. I think one of the reasons that I like the process that I take people through. And I think our processes mm-hmm. are fairly similar is this process of like feeling the emotion and then working into the emotion to find mm-hmm. what lies within it. And the thing that I love about this is that there is an inherent wisdom born into this. And it's either, you know, the wisdom of the body or it's the wisdom of the divine and your guides and angels and all this, you know, whatever you want to call it. But like, there's some higher order of intelligence that exists beyond your rational mind that is making the decision for you as to what you're going to experience in that. So trusting what's coming up, you know, if I'm feeling into an emotion and a real memory comes up, great. I'll sit there with it. I'll journal about it or whatever. If I'm sitting there and all I'm doing is just feeling an emotion until it fades away, then great. That's fine too. You know, that's probably quicker. (laughs) Or if I'm feeling into it and I go into some abstract psychedelic experience and I'm like, oh, fuck, oh no, like (laughs) I'm in a sandwich shop or whatever, right? Uh, That's fine as well. But I just trust that uh, there's some higher order of intelligence making, making these calls for me. I was going to make a joke about psychedelic Santa. And then I just kept getting annoyed by this fucking buzzsaw leaf blower in the background. (laughs) (laughs) It just chops off the branches and then blows them away. It's the most American way to do landscaping. (laughs) Just blow it up. There won't be probably more. Just blow it up. Um, But, you know, I was thinking when you were speaking to that, I was also thinking, you know, what gifts are in this process too. Like we were talking about how, 
maybe like it could be a little bit fearful for someone to go into this and to go into the past. And maybe that, that's not what serves them. Like that's not what's good for them. And I started to think about it on the other end of like how beautiful this process is too. And what happens when we do this, like we begin to garner trust in ourselves. We begin to create a sense of self. There is ability to begin to really work with yourself. There's individuality there where you begin to listen and trust yourself and you develop a greater sense of self going through this process of this own inward work with yourself, whatever that is meaning. But it's also really fucking beautiful. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. And what I'll say to people is that it's okay to be scared of this process. You will begin to, this process will begin for you whenever you're ready and it will kind of begin spontaneously. So if you're listening to Neil and I talk about like all feeling so deep into your emotions that you're having these experiences and you're like, whoa, 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 dude, like slow down. I'm terrified of this. It's okay. Like it will happen when it happens. Um, And you don't need to feel pressured to heal or to feel on anybody else's timeline. This is your journey. Yeah, man. And for anyone who feels overwhelmed by it, I'll give you my starting point for it is breathe. Like Wim Hof says, just fucking breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> breathe, breathe into your heart, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Wherever it goes from there, if that's just it, cool. If it turns into more, cool. If you're not ready for it, cool. Just breathe. Let it take you wherever it goes. You'll find something beautiful. Mm-hmm. I've been really enjoying breath meditations lately. Mm-hmm. Like I can just feel each inhale, like charging my body up and each exhale, relaxing all the tension out of the body. I've just been enjoying it so thoroughly. (laughs) Breath meditation is amazing. Yeah. I've been told you, I've been working on cultivating a lot of like solar plexus energy. And that's been my main thing of just breathing into that space and breathing Mm -hmm. out and just feeling it charge, feeling it get full. Um, I carry intention of letting my fire build and it's it's been really beautiful too but it's also interesting i think you know wim hof i've been doing a lot of wim hof since we talked about like that realm of us running into gut issues and um Mm -hmm. i'll say too on a very pragmatic level that's i think one of the most efficient ways to clear the body if there is it the image I'm seeing is like when our energy is very erratic, there's kind of motions everywhere. Your nervous system's kind of just all over the place. I think that's probably one of the fastest, most efficient ways to just grounding and just flood, clearing and flooding these things out of you. So you can settle into wherever you need to be. I think mm-hmm. that's actually a great way to begin a meditation practice too, if necessary, if like you're just too scattered to take that breath work and, allow it to move and flow let your body settle in and then you can settle into a really beautiful meditation yeah depends on what kind of breath work you're trying to do as well yes yes um, some yes. breath work <laughs> yes some breath work activates your sympathetic nervous system and some activates your parasympathetic nervous system. some you'll go see psychedelic santa too and that'll yep. be a whole another meditation you, you so gotta, you got to really commit to that one in order to have a psychedelic experience. I hate those. <laughs> yeah where you're like breathing heavy for like an hour and you're like holy fuck this hurts dude yeah that's when i heard from god from the very first time in my life and felt the most pain i've ever experienced ever in my life so it's fucking dude it's very painful to uh to do like really intense long-term breath work i remember i, I tried to just do like Wim Hof style breathing, but instead of doing 30 reps and then holding my breath and pausing, I think I tried to go for like 
literally just like 10 minutes of just breathing like Wim Hof style. And uh, the anxiety I began to feel after like minute one and a half, two. And this, like, I had this crushing anxiety. I mean, I felt like, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, it was just generalized. It was just this, this super painful emotional turmoil of anxiety that lasted for like five minutes of this breath work and my shoulders started to ache and the anxiety got worse and worse and worse and worse. And eventually I like broke through it and then let it go and held my breath for a while. And then I must've cried for like 10 fucking minutes afterwards of just like all of these memories started to come up and all of these like unprocessed, like things in my life started to come up. Um, and that was only 10 minutes of breathing heavy. Like I can't even imagine what you did like 60 minutes of it. Oh man. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was for altered consciousness. So it was very intentional, but it was painful, man. And it sucks. We've talked about this, like the rest of the room, everyone was having the most ecstatic, blissful experience ever. And I'm just mm-hmm. here like, fuck, I have to fight to keep going. I want to keep, I need to keep going. This hurts so much. I need to stop. And like, <laughs> <laughs> damn. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, that's rough. But, let me, I want to finish off with this. Um, I was in a very reflective state when we were thinking about this episode and that's where I want to take this. And for you and your journey, having come through all the things you have and worked through the things you have, what do you feel right now is your greatest gift? I I can always tell when you're going to ask a question because you go like, well, let me, and you like your voice like rises up real quick and then drops back down. Well, let me ask you. you know, like, so anytime you inflect your voice up, I'm like, all right, here comes. All right, it's coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that makes me um, happy. God, you know, I think this kind of ties in with what we've been talking about in the sense that when you go through the process of like, we'll just say purifying yourself, it's just an easy way to say it, but essentially getting rid of your gunk your gifts will start to naturally manifest themselves. Um, So sometimes you might not even know what your gifts are until you've been doing them for a while. And you're like, oh shit, like, let me look at my behaviors. This is a gift. Um, I have a handful. Um, I think the one that's been prevalent for the majority of my life is humor. And the ability, the way that I see humor is almost like the ability to, in this context, is to take the darkness of a moment and transmute it into light. Uh, And I have this particular memory in mind of like when a friend called me right after a breakup and she was devastated and I was baked. Oh boy. I had just eaten a, I just eaten an edible and um, I was not qualified for the moment, but I get over to her house and I'm talking to her about it. And, you know, she's kind of really in the midst of it. And I remember I got the inspiration in this single moment to just like tell a joke. And I always had this ability to sit in the intensity of the emotion with somebody until it was the right time to pull them out of it. And then I've, I found that like humor always was the thing that like pulled them out of the process. Cause there's like a certain level of needing to feel what's happening. And then there you cross a line at a certain point where you just get into self-loathing and you just like get lost in the pain. And I think that like my, one of my greatest gifts has always been being able to sit with people until it's the time to pull them out of it and then pulling them out of it with humor. I love that. That's really beautiful. Uh, And I think you embody that so fucking well. (laughs) Thanks brother. 
What about you? What's your, what would you say is your greatest gift? Initially, you just influenced mine significantly. <laughs> Initially, <laughs> what I was thinking was uh, emotions. I thought about my shadows, right? Like we've talked about my conditioning and the way I was taught to work with emotions growing up. And it turned into now my ability to feel and to express. I love that. And I think it is one of my greatest gifts. Um, but I think even more, you know, this is thanks to your, your humor. Um, I think about what my heart really wants to express and do with people, right? The emotional side is just a catalyst uh, to bring growth and shifts into others and allow people to feel. But what I really want to do is show up in love and joy. And I think that is one of my greatest gifts. And it's kind of like what you're saying last night, like Neil, the hype man, like there, there's a level of like, I just fucking love that. And that's what I'm meant to do. Like, that's what I'm meant to be here. And so it's my ability to really see the good, see people's capacity, truth, people's hearts. Like that's, that's what I love about myself and my gifts. Yeah, dude, you were, you were silver linings, Neil like big time whenever I bring a problem yeah. to you and I'm like, yo, check this out. You're like, dude, what I see is this. And you like, tell me some gift or some way, like you, you pull, you're really good at pulling out and teasing out the aspect uh, that I didn't see. So for example, like I'll be lamenting over this thing and you're like, well, I see how you showed up in this way, in this virtue. And you'll signal to me, some gift that's blossoming inside of me that I might not have been aware of. Um, and then I can like really be like, Oh shit. Yeah, that did happen. You know, that is some, that is another way to look at this situation. I was so caught up in the external phenomenon that I didn't even see the internal process that was unfolding. And I think you're really good at teasing that out. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it's been something I've sat with before too. It's like, is it a bunch of bullshit? Am I just like overly positive? You know, like, no, I'm like, if I really sit with it, like, no, I, I really do see the truth and I see people's capacity and what they can do and what they can be. And it's not bullshit, right? Like I've never bullshitted you and I've said any of that. It's true. It's, it makes me happy. Yeah. Man, it took me a long time to accept that as well, to accept that at a certain point you weren't bullshitting me Yeah, because you had so much positivity and I was like, bro, you know, nobody can be this genuine this often. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> as yeah. happens, you're raised by monks, man. <laughs> yeah, man, there you go. So yeah, I think that like your authenticity is also a very big gift for you. Um, and your, your like willingness to share love with people. As I'm talking, as we started this episode, I'm like, bro, I don't, I, I'm like hesitant to open up my heart fully. <laughs> <laughs> that's dude, that's the thing man i feel like it, it really all depends on what your soul is here to do like you could be somebody who comes to that comes to life and is already really good at something but it might feel like a challenge to you and to other people you're like wow you're exceptional at this but you're like i'm not where i want to be with it you know what i mean and it's like well yeah your soul is already pretty advanced in this area but it came to get better at it so like you know, for you, it might be like, oh, fuck, like, I don't feel like I give love because I, I, I exist inside of my own head and inside of my own body. And I know what all these thoughts are that pop up for me and all these blockages to love. 
then somebody might look you from the outside and be like, you're one of the most loving people I've ever met. And you're like, oh shit, which I think is really exciting because it points towards where you're headed with it. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is for you and I in our hearts and Neil's inner height. We're taking this moment to celebrate ourselves and our guests and who we are and who we've become. And we've only just hit the fucking surface of it. So for heart, soul, human, I hope you can be very excited for this year to come, not only for your time with us, but for yourself. You've only hit the surface. Damn right. Damn right. I've been toying with this idea recently. We can, we can uh, wrap up here in a sec, but I've been toying with this idea recently that age refines, mm. um, like age, ref- for example, age refines wisdom. Um, and this is something that I was, I was thinking of because I was uh, working with a client recently and I could feel spirit kind of coming through at certain points and directing the flow of some things and um, giving me some insights to, to bring up to the person, all this stuff. And it's like, okay, well, I'm a young, I'm a young guy. I'm 27. Um, and there is spiritual wisdom that comes out of me every once in a while. But me as a person, I'm unrefined. You know what I mean? And there's like some aspect of, I know that when I'm 50 or I'm 55 or I'm 60, I'll look back on who I am now and be like, oh boy, like you thought you knew stuff. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's cute. You thought you were like doing this or doing that. You were a freaking child still. You were a child, right? You (laughs) had no idea, you know? Um, So yeah, this is the idea that, that age and that time refines and whittles things down. Like you might have a log when you start and by the end you'll have a beautiful sculpture, but the only way to do it is to start whittling away at it. Beautiful. Whittle away. You whittle, 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 whittle heart souls. <laughs> See what I did there? Whittle, <laughs> whittle humans. <laughs> you whittle human you. <laughs> well, it was a beautiful, I think it was a Christmas episode. It was a beautiful Christmas episode. We got one more before we bring people into the new year. So oh, I'm very excited. I think actually I'm changing my answer. My greatest gift is you. Then I'm going to be selfish and say mine is mine. <laughs> 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 All right. Love y'all.